Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. Fully loaded show for you guys as normal. It's been a very busy offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Allen Robinson is in town, and Omar Khan proves once again that he is the wizard that the Steelers thought he was when they made the decision to promote him to GM. On top of that, Jalen Carter news uh, that's still a name to watch, and I did a little digging to see, well, just about uh, how much interest the Steelers have and how likely it is that he actually slides to pick number nine for them to go get him. And finally, some very interesting pre-draft visits as the Steelers wind down their top 30 meetings before the NFL draft. It is a beautiful day once again in the Berg. Spring has sprung. I'm going to a Pirates game to see uh, a good Pirates baseball team That's right. this week. That's, That's very right. exciting. Mm-hmm. Wait, when, are you, when are you going? Friday. Oh, okay, I'm going Thursday. You're going Thursday. I was going to go Thursday, but, you know, fiance doesn't get home till late. You know, you got to... Mm-hmm. Got to make the move. Thursday is supposed to be a gorgeous day as well, though. It's uh, it's good to dollar see some dog winning night. pirates. It is dollar dog night. I know. Right. I know. I was disappointed to uh, mm. not go to dollar dog night. But the pirates are good. Feels uh, really, really good to be in a city where you know, this is the first time I've been here in six years that the baseball team's like actually something to talk about. It's pretty cool. Right. It's pretty cool. cool. How you feeling, my friend? How's uh, how's the week treating you? Feeling pretty good. Uh, I tried to take advantage of our fantastic weather this week. I went for a run okay. yesterday. Nice. What was that? That was a disaster. That was an absolute disaster. <laughs> I haven't like gotten off of my ass in like a week and a half. I think since I got back from vacation and and it showed. So I'm trying to trying to work on that summer body, but uh, it's all right. it's it's, it's going to be a process. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all right. You got to start somewhere. It's better to start now. You know, most I fall right. into the problem where I'm, I start in like November, and then by May I'm like, ah, right, well, we're done now. We, you know, we, we did everything. it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot I just get fat week. by June, and yeah. you know it's all wasted effort. But I look real good when I wear a sweatshirt. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that much. <laughs> all right, let's talk some Pittsburgh Steelers. Allen Robinson coming to town. The Steelers are finalizing a trade, or did finalize a trade. He's got a passive physical, but you know at this point you can kind of interpret that that's going to happen and that everything should go smoothly. He comes to Pittsburgh on a seventh round swap. The Steelers move back to two fifty one. Meanwhile, they send the L.A. Rams two thirty four. They take on $5 million of his $15 million guarantees this season. I mean, without even having to go too deep into what this means, and we'll dive into everything that comes with this trade, but I think just on the surface, this is a win. This is a huge win for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Omar Khan once again shows that he is not messing around as the general manager. Absolutely, and I was kind of thinking about this, thinking about this last night before we got on, but has, has Omar Khan lost a trade yet since no. he's been? No. Definitely not. Like has like absolutely smoked them. Actually, right. Yeah. Like there's, it hasn't even been close. Yeah. Decisive wins too, which is pretty impressive. They haven't been, you know. In I mean, I guess thirty two is a big one. Allen Robinson's a big one. Right. He's not trading for superstars, but he has gotten so much value out of Mm -hmm. things you weren't really going to get. He is upgraded. Yes. But in in both situations, so. Yeah, I mean, credit to Omar Khan. He got a high upside player with for little risk. Um, yep. The fact that they're only playing five million, like a third of his guaranteed contract. That's, I mean, because that was the 
the in the immediate aftermath of the news breaking, everyone's like, "Oh well, you know, how much of that ten million dollars is going to be left for for the Steelers to pay?" The fact that you got it down to half of that is is pretty remarkable, and yeah, you you didn't like you swapped seventh round picks like you're with Allen Robinson for a guy right. who like in the last two years dealt with injuries, didn't really have the greatest stuff. I, I think what's his numbers? A little over seven hundred yards, seven, you know, seven something four touchdowns, only played 22 games. Not not very impressive numbers, but this dude at one point in time was one of the best wide receivers in football. Then four years ago was back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons with the Chicago Bears, still very impressive football player. I mean, he's 29 years old. He comes in here, he can play inside, he can play outside. He's a veteran presence for a guy like George Pickens and Calvin Austin and whoever they draft this season. He works well with Deontay Johnson. Kenny Pickett, you know, Definitely has to be happy about this one. The Steelers had a huge, very concerning need at wide receiver, and they took care of it in the best way possible. I mean, before the show yesterday, I was telling you that I heard that the Steelers were looking at wide receivers, and that the names I mentioned to you were not Allen Robinson. They weren't even close to the caliber of Allen Robinson. So the fact that he went out there and did this for literally nothing, and not on the same side of that, like the LA Rams were looking to get rid of Allen Robinson to clear some cap space. They were going to cut him. Yeah, they were going to cut him. And they essentially this Omar Khan somehow convinced them to keep $10 million of this man's salary cap and say, yeah, that's that's good enough. If you guys take on five million, we can make it work and basically give us nothing like nothing at all. It's I mean, wow, it, it was just a it was just a wow. I think the next question here is what what's his role with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Where does he fit? Does he play, you know, the inside, the outside? The biggest question is, is he is he the immediate starter or do you continue to look for a slot guy to play with to play with Calvin Austin? Like how how high of a priority does wide receiver remain for the Steelers in the NFL draft? Yeah, that was going to be my question, too. Um, I figure he's going to play on the inside, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. where the. I don't know, that's where the most pressing need is Calvin Austin. As much as I think he has potential, he hasn't proven anything. And I think you enter training camp with. Allen Robinson kind of penciled in as that starter at slot receiver. Um, that could change, obviously. But the thing I like the most is that there's such little pressure on Robinson. You know, you're not – this isn't – to me, this is different from signing. Like, there are a lot of parallels between this signing and I think – I guess it's a trade, but, you know, and the Larry Ogunjobi addition. You know, yes. a veteran guy who had some injury history. He was productive, you know, earlier in his career, and you're kind of banking on – a track record and him staying healthy. But the difference is that there's much less pressure on Robinson to, you know, not carry a defensive line, but to be a major contributor immediately. Mm-hmm. You can kind of afford to bring him along slowly because you have some depth. And, uh, you know, Steven Sims can play the slot a little bit. You got Calvin Austin. Obviously, he's a weapon that. Steven Sims is in Houston. Oh, that's right. You don't have Steven Sims anymore. Either way, you still have Calvin. You still have Calvin Austin. Uh, you have options there. There's no immediate need to say, Allen Robinson, you need to carry this offense and you need to be a big threat immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's some insurance against it, um, which I like, and I think that's a that's a big thing. But like you said, you know, he can kind of be a mentor for whoever they draft this year. Do you still think that they're going to draft a receiver? I, I do. I think that my thought right now would be still second to like fourth round wide receiver type guy i think a jonathan mingo would still very much so fit what they're looking for it'd but be a, it'd be at a the slot. same time 
Mingo plays on the inside outside. He actually played a little bit of off ball tight end as well, too. For a guy who runs a four, four, it's uh, pretty impressive, but do I mean, I don't think he's the best option out there. I think there's a lot of better wide receivers in the NFL draft, but I think for what the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for inside, outside capability, big guy. But I think at the same time, the Steelers just did what they were looking for. And that, that was to find that big body that they were missing that, that like very reliable catch and traffic type of figure. And that's who Allen Robinson is. He, he's, you know, he doesn't have a, the step anymore that he used to have. He's not going to outrun you these days. He's got coming off of a foot injury. So you got to wonder like how explosive he actually is at this point in his career, but just a dude who could line up there and you could throw it to him. And chances are he could come down with the football. That's very, very good to have if you're Kenny Pickett. Um, but I do expect them to draft. I, I would I would say uh, that second, like anywhere from 32, and I don't think 32 is going to be the move, but anywhere from 32 to 120 would be my expectation for them to draft a wide receiver. I will say that I don't think they're going to double dip at wide receiver anymore. I thought that was a possibility before this move, but at this point it doesn't make any sense. And I think the best part about Allen Robinson – you know, it's a huge chunk of money. You're going to have to figure it out next season. But he's he's got two years left on his deal. Like, he just signed the last offseason with the Rams. So if he works out, turns into a superstar, you still got Kenny Pickett on the cheap and all your guys are signed, you could, you could bring him back for another season and say, hey, look, and now we got another group of five wide receivers that we very much so trust. That's, that's huge for Kenny Pickett, you know, and the continuity, the whole – Oh, well, we're keeping Matt Canada because of this. We're keeping Mitch Trubisky because of this. Well, we'll keep Allen Robinson on a huge deal because of this, because Kenny Pickett had a great year. Like, I just, I think it's an immediate win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very little downside because even if he stinks, you know, you're paying him $5 million, I guess. And $5 million for nothing. Yeah. At the, like, I think the funniest part, and I don't want to bash on Steelers fans because I totally understand it at times. But when this happened, I was getting texts, you know, just like everything. I get texts, I get DMs instantly from dozens of people that are just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that the Steelers just traded for Allen Robinson. And I'm like, yeah, dude, so exciting. Nobody was upset about the money. Like nobody. Everybody was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they got Mm -hmm. Allen Robinson. I'm like, dude, he's getting making more money than Deontay Johnson. Like, what are we what are you talking about here? This is a terrible deal. And then the, the salary cap got worked out, obviously came in at a very good number. Um, Yeah, I think it's huge. I think what's very impressive right now, and I said this on my to-go earlier, is Omar Khan, like you said, he has not lost a trade. He has not lost a signing. Like The guy has done everything to perfection since stepping in as the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think he realizes that the Steelers' Super Bowl window is open right now. Like He's he's that new breed of general manager. He sees that – you know, the NFL is very trendy and it always follows trends. And the Philadelphia Eagles were the last team to follow this trend where you have a quarterback who's young, who's on a rookie deal. You could sign a bunch of veterans around him and really bulk up the team. And as long as you bulk up that team around him, you allow him to do whatever he needs to do. I'm not saying that the Steelers are going to go win a Super Bowl. We talked about this before. I don't think they're going to go win a Super Bowl this year. But with every single move they've made, it is aligned with well, we could go win a Super Bowl this year. Like where last year it was like, okay, plug and play, rebuild, have a good team in case Mitch Trubisky actually turns out to be something. Be safe. See what you have in a lot of guys like Kevin Dotson, Dan Moore Jr., Najee, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, a lot of these guys. 
this year it was Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, you know, Akella Witherspoon. This year it was no, we're like we're we're not we're not taking any chances. We're going to bulk up this team as much as possible. We're going to have some proven commodities, and if we have the team, if if we have the quarterback and we have the offense and we have the coaching staff and we have the the superstars to go win a Super Bowl, the rest of this team is going to be put together to go win a Super Bowl. And again, I don't think that's going to happen, but I got to give Omar Khan a ton of credit because that guy definitely sees the vision. And I think in years past, Kevin Colbert would have been very nonchalant about putting a team together and wasting money and bringing in too many veterans. And this year it's just like, nope, this is a need. Let's go fill it. Let's get the best player we could possibly fill it. And let's just keep on going. And and it's been a win after win after win for Omar Khan. Yeah, it's it. I, I think they have a really nice mix of veterans on more expensive deals, but rookies also kind of being or younger guys being the centerpiece of whatever unit they're in on cheaper deals. Like the fact that their oldest receiver is 26 outside of before the Robinson signing, their oldest receiver was 26. Their yep. Najee was only 20. What's Najee? 20, 24, 25 now, maybe. Yeah. Like this window is not going to be open in the same way that it is for, for very long, but they are reacting to the situation they're in, which is yep. most of the offense is very young. The defense is more expensive. So it's just, I mean, the team's going to be built very similarly just in terms of like, you know, lean on the defense, but you're allowing room for those young guys to make a leap in their, you know, second yep. or third years. And that's going to be the difference between missing the playoffs again or, yep. you know, leaping up into, I don't know. Like, I, you know, that's the other thing. It's like you are, you can kind of dream a little bit more. Yes, this exactly. Year. And exactly. you can say, oh, well, there's a way that they could compete for the division or, yep. you know, make it to the conference championship game. Like those avenues are much more open now than they were, than they were last year, sort of just by time, but also through these moves that Omar Khan made. Yeah. And, and time is the biggest thing in the NFL. Like there's a life cycle to the NFL. The Steelers were at the end of it. They took their time and rebuilt and, you know, the Steelers do it better than everybody else. We, we already talked about that. Most teams would have struggled. There's a lot of teams that are struggling now that are still trying to get out of that rebuild stage. Steelers did it in a season and that season they went nine and eight. So that's, that's pretty impressive. But just like you said, like there's there last year, it was impossible to see this team having success. It was, you know, there was a cap and that cap was very low. And as much as people wanted to hype it up and say, Oh, what if this happens? And what if this happens? You knew where the ceiling was this year. It's like, we don't really know where that ceiling is. Like if the Steelers went on a run and somehow, you know, like had some magical victory over the Cincinnati Bengals or the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, like people would be losing their minds, but you'd be like, that that's what they're supposed to do right now. That's where the Steelers are currently in their life cycle is they have a second-year quarterback who hopefully turns into something great, and they have a very young team with some superstars and, and some up-and-coming superstars. I mean, we don't even know what we're going to get out of George Pickens this season. You don't know how much better Deontay Johnson's going to be when he has a quarterback who could actually throw him touchdowns. You know, Pat Fryermute's taken another year. Najee Harris has an offensive line that looks a lot better than a year ago. I mean, it just just like you said, there's there is routes to a very successful and exciting season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last year, the, those routes were not there. So again, shout out to Omar Khan. The dude's smoking this job man like i can't wait to i'm very excited to see him on monday we're going to the pre-draft 
uh, press conference. And I don't even know if I'm going to have a question. I might just be like, Hey, look at, um, just do you know how, how good you're doing right now as a, as a general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like, do you, do you realize how good, how well you are at your job? Uh, so shout out Omar. I expect more wins to come in the near future. All right. Next thing I want to talk about Jalen Carter. We talked about him on Monday. There's a rumor going around that the Steelers are ready to trade up for him at nine. I think that number is specifically nine because the Chicago bears and them have had conversations so you don't know if it's just because that report has come out and that's just the, the number that people have set themselves up in their mind or if they're willing to and had conversations with other teams to kind of move up a little bit closer. What I've done is I've reached out to as many people as I could around the league to try to get a scoop on where those within the top 10 have Jalen Carter going in the draft. Drew Rosenhaus' agent has obviously been very you know persistent of he's going in the top 10. He's a top 10 pick. We're not even worried about it. He's met with everybody from 5 to 10, including the Chicago Bears. So what I got is there is almost no chance he's making it to 9. The number that has been very persistent in in my you know research and talking to sources around the league and people familiar with different teams around the league is that the Seattle Seahawks are, are almost all in on this guy that they, they have a very hard time believing – everybody else has a very hard time believing that, that he's going to fall past five. If they do, they're ready for it. But everybody expects Pete Carroll and the Seahawks to be the team that goes after him. Apparently, Pete Carroll loved this guy, and you know he doesn't see any issues with it, with his off-the-field stuff and you know thinks that he could turn him into something. And I kind of agree. Like If there's a coach in the NFL, I think it's Mike Tomlin, but I think a number two would definitely be – Pete Carroll, like that's a good name to bring in here and kind of keep things quiet, keep the drama down, so on and so forth. But I have a hard time sitting here right now saying that Jalen Carter is going to get to five just from what I've heard or get to nine just from what I've heard. Is that too high up in the draft or the Pittsburgh Steelers officially ruled out of the Jalen Carter race if we're looking at him as the top five pick in the NFL draft? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think it's that the Steelers don't have – the capital to trade for a top five pick, but they, I don't think they want to. Um, I don't think they will. And I don't think it's worth it quite honestly mm-hmm. to move all the way up to five. Like that's the difference between, I, I think you have to start dipping into next year's picks. If you're looking to move all the way up to five, nine yeah. is maybe a different story where you could maybe get away with 17 and 49 it it would maybe take three picks or whatever or a player or something like that. You you start dipping into things that you really don't want to dip into if you're the Steelers, if you're looking to move up to five versus nine. I don't know. It, it seems like a a very small difference when I say it out loud, but I don't know. The difference between no, five those, versus nine. It, yeah, it's pretty significant. Like your top five pick, you're looking up to. It's just like the the whole thing with the trading up to one, like – you know, there's a certain number where you draw the line where it's like, okay, well, these teams can't move up to one because they just don't have the draft capital to do so. It kind of feels like nine, moving back from nine to 17, if you get the right team is understandable, especially a team that doesn't have a major need. You know, the Seahawks, the Seahawks were a playoff team last year who have the fifth pick in the draft because the Denver Broncos traded for Russell Wilson and gave up the whole world to be a bad football team. Seattle's not looking at this like, oh, well, we could just take anybody. They're looking at this. As, we're going to get Jalen Carter. Are you kidding me? Like our defense is already good enough to make the plans, but now we're going to get Jalen Carter. I just think that that's 
that's really difficult. Just to, for an example, in 2019, when they traded up for Devin Bush, they gave up their first pick, which is number 20, their second round pick, which is 52, and then a third round pick the year after to move from 20 to 10. That's 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 pretty good. I would say that's why my thought was 17, 49, and a second next year gets you to number nine for the Chicago Bears. But I still think that those five spots to number five, chances are you're giving up a first-round pick next year or at least a second-round pick and probably two more picks this year. And I just, you know, like you're giving up a lot for a guy that doesn't fill an immediate need for you. And I'm still on very much so the Jalen Carter's the best player in the draft board. You know, and I, I think that I don't think I'm going to jump off that train anytime soon. But I just think that, you know, at some point you got to draw the line. And I think I think anything above like seven is is the line for me. I think it's just going to be too difficult. And I think the Seattle Seahawks is the hardest team because you're not going to have to right. do it with Seattle. You're, you're going to have to do it with Detroit or with uh, who's for Indianapolis. And that's not going to happen. So yeah. you just, you know, you fall into a, a funk where you're like, oh, well, is this even possible? Because like, what are the Seattle Seahawks going to give up Jalen Carter for pick 17? Like that doesn't make any sense for them. Yeah, well, especially because they have a very specific need. Like, the difference between trading with the Bears, who are just kind of looking for the best player available, it seems like, versus the Seahawks, who had, like, I I think statistically the league's worst rushing defense and are just looking for someone to plug in the middle. Yeah, like, they have a very specific need. They're going after defensive linemen, so if they can get Jalen Carter, they are going to take him. That's different from the Bears, who... Could be looking for a weapon to put around Jay, uh, Justin Fields, who could be yep. looking to back up their defense too. Like there's there's a lot of directions they could go. The Seahawks seem very focused on. One yeah, guy. yeah. I don't think I th- I don't think it's possible. It's upsetting that the Jalen Carter story only lasted cu- lasted a couple of days. You never know. You know something could happen. Will Anderson could find himself sliding to five, and then the Seahawks have a question or, or have a have a decision to make there. There maybe they're all in on Tyree Wilson. I, I couldn't tell you. All I can tell you is that from noise around the league, from what I've gathered, is that the Seattle Seahawks want their man in Jalen Carter. Unfortunately, that's too high for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anything could happen on draft night. It was fun while it lasted, but we'll see. More draft stuff that came out of the Steelers facility yesterday. Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia, finishes the Steelers pre-draft visits. Like Today is the final day to host guys for pre-draft visits yesterday. They brought in a couple of big names. Broderick Jones was one of them. Darnell Washington, I think, stood out amongst any. Tight end, 6'7", out of Georgia. Dude's an absolute monster. Expected to go anywhere from the middle of the first round to maybe the middle of the second round. Interesting name, I'd say, to say the least, because the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, they should be doing their homework on Darnell Washington. The guy's a monster. But they also re-signed Zach Gentry. They have Connor Hayward, and they have Pat Fryermuth. It's a very, uh, it brings up a lot of questions, I would say. When you bring a guy like that in. Yeah. Uh, you cannot at all deny the talent. This guy can block. He can run. He can catch. There's pretty much nothing he can't do at the tight end position. Yep. But do you need a tight end? Um, and it's just the, you know, need versus best player available thing. The other thing is where is he kind of projected to get? Because you don't think it's a pick at 17, right? It would be a 32. Nah. Yeah, I'd say it's 30. If they go 17 with a tight end, that's just. Right questionable but i think if he slides to 32 you know that's a decision that you could have or or a conversation that you could have depending on who's there is there a corner you know is is your guy keely ringo still there is tyreek stevenson still on the board is 
you know, Darnell Wright's still there. Who did you pick at 17? A lot of questions, right? You know, did Jordan Addison slide? Did Josh Downs slide? Did Zay Flowers slide? A lot of questions. But, I, I mean, I still, like, I mean, in the grand scheme of, of all those guys, like, don't you think that Darnell Washington might be better than some of the names? I, I think he's better than most of the names I just mentioned. You know, and if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're just thinking, well, you know, he's head and shoulders. You want to know the, what a quarterback's best friend is? A tight end. That has right. always been true in the NFL. So you might, you know, but it's four tight ends, too many tight ends. Yeah, and I was going to say, Darnell Washington might be better than all of them. That the Steelers oh, he's definitely. Have that's the thing, is you're going to add such controversy to the Pat Fryermuth saga in Pittsburgh that you're just like, like they'd both have to be on the field at all times. Right. Or you're, or you're trading Pat Fryermuth or... Yeah. Yeah, or you're trading do, Pat Fryermuth. I also do wonder if this is kind of misdirection. Like if they're thinking about trading back with 32 or something like that and they're trying to say they're trying to show the league like ooh look we're going after Darnell Washington we're True. interested we're going to snatch him up before you guys want him True. and they're trying to maybe wiggle something out of out of that 32nd pick but i don't know that seems less likely than they're just than the fact that than the idea that they're just doing their homework on a good player yeah 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 like maybe maybe you know maybe they called Broderick Jones and he was just hanging out with Darnell Washington and they're like oh all right we'll bring him with you too like we'll just have well, it was both of you guys just come on through. We'll send in the paperwork tomorrow. I don't know. I, I think the big things here are obviously I, th- I do think that as an all-around tight end, Darnell Washington is a little bit better than Pat Fryermuth. I think Pat Fryermuth's still like a star tight end in the NFL, has insane potential in the NFL, but he's not a blocker, like has almost no blocking ability. Darnell Washington at least possesses some, and at 6'7", you got to hope that that just grows every single year. But at the same time, I mean – could you look at this and say, well, maybe you just get rid of Zach Entry. Maybe just cut your ties there. Or like we've said, and Connor Hayward, like I've, I've tossed it out there. and Maybe I'm going to toss it out there again. Connor Hayward moves back to fullback and he takes over the Derek Watts situation. And then Zach Entry is your third tight end with Darnell Washington and Pat Fryermuth as your one and two. I mean, that's not terrible. Here's the big question. If you're there at 32 and you didn't draft a tackle, say you drafted a corner with the with your first pick, corners off the board, are you comfortable as the Pittsburgh Steelers or even talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers saying that Darnell Washington is a better move than Dewan Jones or Darnell Wright or or any of those guys that could fill that hole for you at left tackle or right tackle compared to adding another tight end? I don't know. Well, I don't think so, quite honestly, because, like, in terms of, how do I, what's the correct word for this? But just, like, their relative talent level. Mm-hmm. Like, is Dewan Jones that much, like, is Darnell Wright that much better than what Dewan Jones could be? You know, at a position of need, like, there's, there's a matrix of, you know, best player available versus meeting need. And while Darnell Wright might, be more talented he's not filling a need versus dewan jones i think there's not a big enough gap in talent to justify the gap in need if that makes sense you know with those two or with darnell washington darnell washington sorry that's what i meant that's what i meant um the darnells are confusing me um the uh right like like does that make sense like i i think that they could they would be better off drafting a dewan jones who fills a need Maybe as a pure prospect is maybe a little bit worse than Darnell Washington, but 
addresses a position of bigger need for them. I feel like that's a better move than reaching for a player that you don't really need, but who's really good. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel the same way. Like it, you'd have to you'd have to really convince me that drafting a tight end made any sense for the Steelers right now. Like you, well, in that it moves the needle for them next year. I think. Yeah. Yeah, like does this, or even two years from now, because you can't, I wouldn't assume that Darnell Wright or Dewan Jones is going to come in here and start, but they add future potential. Like, like that's, that's possibly the future of that position. But at the same time, let me ask this. If you're the Steelers and you're looking at that and you're sitting there at 32 and you're thinking, well, Darnell Washington's here and this guy could be a superstar tight end and could be our superstar tight end with Pat Fryermuth. And maybe we could just go get a left tackle next season. Does that does that change your thought at all? Because like what uh, I think then the argument is, do you take a guy that's a project at left tackle and hope that he turns into something over Darnell Washington, who's probably a proven asset at tight end already, even if tight end doesn't really move the needle in the NFL? Well, I think you would take Darnell Washington over a project tight end, but I feel like they're more no 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 project left tackle. Oh, left tackles. Sorry. Yeah. Project left tackles. Still, still like, I think you would take Darnell Washington over a project left tackle, but I don't know. Is Dewan Jones a project in my eyes? Yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a left tackle right now. I think he's got the possibility, but I, same with Darnell, Wright. Like, I don't think Darnell, Wright Is a starting left tackle right now. Oh yeah. 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 I think they're both right tackles, but like, then you, then you go into the situation of, okay, like who does Chooks and Dewan Jones compete? And if, Chooks loses does he go to the to the left side or you know like then you're just you're getting crazy with with all the moves that are going to happen I think it makes things very confusing whereas if maybe you wait and, and I'm not saying like you know if, if I'm doing a mock draft I'm not taking Darnell Washington is not in my mock draft and he mm-hmm. won't be in any of my mock drafts from here until the draft but if the Steelers are showing some interest and they're sitting there you know, they did it with Pat Fryermuth two years ago where Pat Fryermuth was not a need whatsoever. They needed a left tackle and they needed a left guard. You want to know what they went with? They went with Pat Fryermuth in the second round over both of them, and they ended up with Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. Maybe that teaches them a lesson, but at the same time, maybe it just shows us like, hey, we care less, man. We if the, Darnell Washington's there, we're going to take him because, you know, Kenny Pickett needs a tight end, needs another tight end. We need to throw screens to somebody that's not Zach Entry. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like it, just I don't know. Does Kenny Pickett need a tight end? Like I, feel I don't like think he, so. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't. Th- I I think that all tight ends help. I think a passing yeah. tight end certainly, or a, a blocking tight end certainly helps. But I don't. I don't know if you necessarily need one. You know, I I don't think you need anything on the offense except for I think you need a left tackle. But I don't think you're going to get one. So let, let's switch it up. Let's do that too. If Say the Steelers draft, say, say they somehow land Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky in the first round. Darnell Wright over some of these second round 32 pick tight end or cornerbacks. Like, you got to think at that point, like, Manuel Forbes is probably still on the board. Keely Ringo is probably still on the board. Tyreek Stevenson might still be on the board. You know, uh, Clark Phillips is probably still on the board. Cam Smith, Julius Brents, they're all still there. Does that change the needle? Does that change? And eh, well, maybe, maybe you just go best place players in, or best player available in Darnell Wright or Darnell Washington. Yeah, I think as long as landing one of those top tackles early doesn't compromise the 49th pick. Yeah, you can go get a corner with that 49th pick and take a shot on Darnell Wright or 
Darnell. Um, I know. Darnell too many, too many Darnells. Too, too many Darnells with almost the same last name. It's just right. not even. Too many Darnell W's out there. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, then you can absolutely take a shot. I think you're much more comfortable taking a shot on Washington at 32, knowing that you have some insurance at 49. So oh, if we even if we screw this one up, we've got we still have a second round pick that we can play around with and get a good player with. I think so too. I think that changes a lot of things, especially because they love Keely Ringo the way that we've seen them love Keely Ringo. And I don't think Keely Ringo is the 32nd pick in the draft. I think he might be the 49th pick in the draft, but the way that's just insane to me. Like, how is that guy like drops so hard for, I don't, I don't know. Happens every draft period, you know, every single one. That's how, Mm -hmm. I mean, Chase Claypool was, you know, he was a guy that some people were like, Oh, this guy's a first round draft pick. And other people were like, Oh, he's a third round draft pick. And that's just, you know, Tyreek Stevenson climbs Julius Brents. I mean, we were at the, we were at the the senior bowl being like Julius Brents might be the first pick in the draft. Like Mm -hmm. he, he could be 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know how it all works. I don't know how the evaluations break things down, but Keely Ringo slide. And I think definitely benefits the Pittsburgh Steelers because they could just, even at that point, like if, if he's there and, and you you go Washington at 32 and then like by 40, you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, we should probably go get him. What are you giving up to move up nine picks? Nothing. You're giving up 49 and maybe like a fourth or a fifth round pick next year, which you, the Steelers toss around like crazy. Like they could care less mm-hmm. about fourth and fifth round picks. I think maybe maybe that moves. I don't know. I don't know. Very interesting name to come in here for a pre-draft visit. Somebody that I uh, I would keep your eye on if, if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan as we get closer to the NFL draft. As pre-draft visits close at this point, it's all interpretation. And interpretation for the Pittsburgh Steelers have tossed us all over the place, and it's been very exciting. But it's the last time that uh, we'll have some fresh news until until the NFL draft. We are officially what? One week and one day, one yep, week and eight, one day eight away days. from the NFL draft. Absolutely wild. What's going to happen? Jalen Carter still still a name to watch. I don't know how much so at this point. Darnell Washington adds his name to the board, and obviously everybody we've talked about in the last three months is certainly names to watch for the Pittsburgh Steelers. With that said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts and make sure to like this video. We will be back or I will be back on Friday with Derek. Make sure to check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and all our pit stuff at insidethepanthers.com. Enjoy another beautiful week here in Pittsburgh. Peace. (laughs) 